podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. So here we are again then with the Westerer is Besterer podcast. Joining me once again is Martin. How are we, Martin? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. Now, we should let people know before we start that normally we record this over Zoom so we can see each other and we can flick the V's to each other and we can make funny faces and all of this kind of But But we're trying something new and we can't see each other this week. Probably um, for the best. I was going to say, is that a better thing or or not? But yeah, it's um, fingers crossed. If this works, mate, you know, tickety boo, your know, best of both worlds. Can do it in in the nude next week. Do you know what I mean? Lovely. I can go on a tour around my house. Yeah. So how how has your week been, mate? I was uh, let's 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 skip Saturday for a second. Let's take Saturday out of the equation. How's the rest of your week been? Uh, I've had a bit of a bad week, if I'm honest with you, but uh, my boy ended up in hospital yesterday. They oh, uh, they they thought his appendix was uh, rumbling. Thankfully, it wasn't, but uh, they think there's uh, might be something wrong with his pancreas. So uh, got a month, oh. got four weeks of back and forth having blood tests with him, which is going to be fun. Oh, nasty man, nasty. Best uh, best wishes to him because that's uh, how old is he? How's the... He's eight now. We'd be nine now on the twenty third. Mm. And uh, while we're on the subject of him, he is meant to be the mascot for uh, this Saturday's game. So oh, I, I, I'm hoping he's going to be all right. If not, I think his little sister's going to have to fill in for him. Yeah, or you. Somebody's going to have to fill in, mate. You just have to go on your knees and and crawl or something, but. You know, stick him in a. Uh, you've got to get him at this somehow. You've got to yeah, stick him on your I'm back. normally on my knees after 11 o'clock at night anyway, so I'm probably used to it. <laughs> well, I hope he gets better soon, mate. I hope he gets better soon. Fingers crossed, yeah. Fingers crossed, aye. Well, how about you? I, yeah, I have lessons again. Ooh. On Tuesday, yeah. And there were some twirly bits and some steppy bits. And then there was there's this thing called a hammer lock. Which is kind of like you you twirl each other round, but you you don't let go of the hands, and then you like untwirl them, and that was quite bizarre. So yeah, you know, I'm, I always thought the hammerlock was like a wrestling move or something. I think it might be one of the two. I think it might be very similar. But um, uh, certainly when when I was dancing with the wife, there were a couple of times where it it, it was a bit like a game of twister, you know, and you end up and you're going, how the hell did we get here? But yeah, we're getting there. We get. So, so anyway, let's 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 dive in with the Scarlets game last Saturday. Let's. So I, t- I tell you what. Before we start with our our views on the game, so we're every every week on our Facebook page, we do um, after every game, we do a, a, a three word reaction yeah. post. So. Couple of the couple of the the, the three word reactions from after. I got to be honest. I mean, I've only got a few here, but they were pretty much all of a similar vein. And so Hugh, this off with absolutely bloody pathetic. 
Uh, and Hugh wasn't done with that because he came back and he had three words is obviously not enough for Hugh because he wanted six and then he, he gave me gets worse weekly. Uh, Dave Green in long season ahead. Yeah, I think so. But then that's two ways, you know, this, there's a lot of time to turn it around. Um, Tristan Williams didn't mince the words. He was quite annoyed. I can't read what he said. <laughs> but if anybody wants to read what Tristan said, it's, it's, it's still on our Facebook page. Don't show your kids. Yeah. Um, Kevin Lemon, he wants his money back. Um, Mandy Tucker says there's room for improvement, which is quite tame, quite tame. And then Patty Race. Now, when Patty put this up, everybody else just stopped. So I think I think Patty put them in, in their place. Patty said, still support them, which, uh, you know, with Fair three enough. games, yeah, with three games into the season, and those first two games, we could have, definitely could have, probably should have won. So, what did what did you think of this? statement against Ulster? I mean, we could have won, should have is a different question. No, I think if those <clears throat> if those decisions that have gone our way, yeah, if those referee decisions that have gone our way, you know, we were back to within, um, uh, uh well you know, within a try, and momentum would have shifted. You know, yeah, but... I, I get what you mean. Like I said last week, you know, fifteen v fifteen, we we did win, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, we only had fifteen men for an hour. Yeah, and that's the problem, isn't it? So, but and so what we... going to this week as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, what did you make of this week's game? Then, what was your what was your over overarching kind of feeling from this week's game? It left me frustrated more than anything. Is mm. it's just a few things that you, you look at as you know you don't you don't have to be a professional player or have any experience of that to just be watching and thinking you, you're not gonna win a rugby match like this. I mean, mm. if you, one of the first principles of rugby, as as anyone should know or anyone who's done any coaching badges, is get the ball. I mean, yeah. we, we didn't have large. We didn't have the ball for large periods in that match. And and when we did, we kicked it straight back to them, and went go and have a run with it. It, it didn't help, did it? You know. No. I mean, o- overall, like anyone who's listened to this podcast, and, and you'll know yourself, I'm I'm very much a uh, glass half full guy when it comes to the Scarlets. Hmm. And personally, if it wasn't for the Johnny Williams injury, we would have gone on to win the game. Hmm. At, at that point. You know, we just scored another try, 26-23. Momentum was in our favour, 10 minutes left. I do honestly believe we would have gone on to win the game. Yeah, me too. And and I put something out on Twitter saying that, that you know, we, we've we got this. I think we... And I, and I genuinely just felt, you know, we, we were down to 14 men and then really fighting. And, and when we were down to 14 men, it's like... a. a a switch flicked, and the boys, you know, actually, you know, I got, I got to put my finger on now. Yeah, and I mean, up until that point, it felt like it only, it felt like we were just relying on Blade all the time. He, he was the only one that really felt like he was fronting up, like you know. And then after that, you know, I just, I was convinced. I was convinced we were going to win it. And like you say, you could see the pain in his. Uh, in his yes, eyes, yeah. when he, he, he and he knew that he's out, he's out of the autumn internationals. You know, he he knows 
that the pain that he was feeling there, that's, that's the autumn internationals gone for him. And more than likely, you know, that, that just throws a massive spanner in the works for us. And if he's out of the autumn internationals, then you've got that, right, okay, that gives somebody an opportunity to come in and stake their place. And then you've got World Cup and, you know, all of that stuff's going through his head and he's sitting there going, oh, you know, just just that one thing. But, yeah, it, it's just frustrating though, wasn't it? Wasn't it it, it, it is really frustrating, especially for him. He, he's had a couple of, I, th- I think it was his calf again mm. last season that uh, kept him up for a while. But one thing will come from this is that we will finally see or finally know what Dwayne Peel thinks of Corey Bolden at 13 because mm. he's confirmed that Johnny Williams, Scott Williams and Joel Roberts are out for this game. So it's either going to be a case of he shifts Foxy to 12 and brings Corey Bolden at 13 mm. or he keeps Foxy at 13 and he brings in Eddie James at 12, which basically says, Corey Bolden, you're not going to be playing 13 for the Scarlets. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't the only people saying that maybe Foxy needs to not start a game, should we say? Because I just think he's getting he's getting shown up. You know, he's he's getting put on his arse. He's getting skinned around the outside. Uh, I just... There's not We're enough... saying all this, and he said himself that this is the freshest he's been in over a decade because it's the first time since something like 2008, 2009 that he's had a full preseason. So for this to be happening now, it does beg the question of where he is at as a player. And I know yeah. we've spoken about him at length last week, week before, so on, so on. But it, it is just a hard time in his career and as, as, as a fan, really, who's, who's obviously watched him his entire career from the time he was a, a wee nipper in the under-20s, going mm. over, overseas to climb on mm. and back again. But then again, and, you know, trying to make the best of a bad situation with Worcester, you know, going bust, you've now got people available in Worcester that, you know, maybe could fill that void, couldn't they? Potentially, but one thing with Worcester going down, I'm saying this up front, bring Harry Dole home. He has got pace for days. And the the few appearances he has made for Worcester, he has shown that. And I think we could do with having him back at this minute. Yeah, he didn't make many appearances. Because Owen Williams was there as well, wasn't he? And he didn't make many appearances for injuries and this, that and the other. I can remember Owen Williams because he played that one game in the LV Cup against Leicester and that's what made them think we won this boy and they took him. He, yeah. he had a few more games for us till the end of the season but that was it. They mm. saw something in him, they wanted him, bang, gone. Well, when he was playing for us, I, th- I thought he was quite a decent, because he wanted to play 10 and we wanted to play him at 12, wouldn't it? And he was a bit like, no, I want to play 10. And, and Lester said, come on, play 10 then. And, um, yeah, I just think if he came back at inside or outside centre, um, you know, it just gives us a bit more creativity behind the... You know, you, we have got some some decent players there, but like we've said quite a, uh, quite a bit, there's no one obvious there to fill the shoes that... that 
Foxy leaves. And I mean, there, there was one obvious player, and unfortunately, he's been uh, snapped up by the Dragons in the last few days, and that's Stefan Hughes. Yeah, but see, I just I like Steph. I I do. I met him a couple of times, um, and I just as a person, yeah, it just he just wasn't that. I think we're blessed with Foxy being at such a high standard for so long. And you, you kind of expect to, if somebody's going to come and replace them, you want them to be at that standard. Do you know what I mean? Not that standard down. And I just never felt that Steph kind of made that breakthrough. He had a couple of, of little bits where you thought, yeah, okay, you can kick on from here and, you know, a bit more of this, a bit more of that. And it just wasn't that kind of consistently being excited at watching him play. So I think it was his pace that let him down after his ACL injury quite early in his career. I think that that stopped that attack inside of his game, which he you know could have pushed on for a bit more individual excitement. Hmm. Well, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see who he puts at thirteen and twelve. Now, like I say, I I thought Scott Williams was a bit closer to to being back, but. We'll have to see what comes. But the the other person that just cannot get any luck at all in terms of injuries, Josh McLeod. You know. Was it 26 seconds, something like that, when the actual contact was made? Yeah. And, have you oh, seen the it's, contact? It's, yeah. It's, I know it's a flat forearm as he's putting his arm up, but that elbow cracks him. Yeah, and it wasn't even reviewed. You know, no, and I, I haven't looked into the actual wording of the law around it, so I can't really say a hundred percent whether or not it was legal. Hmm. But it, it didn't look good, and you could see he was sparked out. There, there wasn't going to be right a HIA away. if you're unconscious on the field. You don't, that's you're off. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and I'm surprised that the TMO didn't come in and go. Well, actually, no, I'm not surprised that the TMO. Uh, didn't come in because that's the kind of standard TMO that we got at the minute. But that TMO should have, you know, he was down and out on that pitch for quite a while. It wouldn't have taken much for him to, oh, let me just have a look at that, you know, that contact. Well, let me see what's going like? Yeah. And his head position, he, his head position was in the right place. There was nothing wrong with where he was. It was the fact that the guy came with a leading arm and, and an elbow. Now, I've seen yeah, players... You can, you can see from the behind, though, that he'd started dipping, he was getting ready to duck in for the tackle, and bam. Yeah. and But I've seen players go for less. You know, I've seen yellow cards for less. I've seen red cards for that sort of a thing. You've you seen know? yellow cards for less in that game. Yeah, exactly. And it just... You know, we, we, we spoke last week about standard of... TMO decisions. I said it's not about the referee. I've not got a problem with the referee because if the referee's not looking in the right direction, you know, if he's following the play and it's somewhere else, all right, this incident was in the play, but it happened in a, you know, it's a, it's a fraction of a second. That TMO has got all those camera angles and all the time in the world, just make the right decision. And for him not to, to, together you know that was his hundredth um scarlet's appearance and you look on how how long he's been out injured and he's still made a hundred appearances and, and he's still a little young kid as well he's only yeah. 26 
something like that. You know, he's he's in theory coming into his prime as an open side flanker at a point when there's about 25 other world-class open side sevens in Wales, unfortunately. But, you know, he was still, he still does the business week in, week out. So, yeah, I was gutted for him. And it kind of, all right, your Blade came on and Blade had a cracking game. I thought he was our man of the match. You know, he, he was everywhere. You could see there was a fire in his eyes. He was hitting rucks. There was one set of rucks. I think there was three rucks where... He was on the side of a rock, took a player down. He was up. He was there for the next one, made the next tackle. And then on the third rock again, he was over the ball. You know, he was he was proper, proper fired up. And he's just like, yeah, but this, it just felt like he was doing too much on his own. And it didn't. That, that fire, that passion, that aggression, that desire that was there for the Ospreys game and for the Ulster game, just wasn't, and I, I don't know if it was the preparation or whether it's the performance, because one is down to the coaches and the other is down to the players, but it's usually a combination of the two. Um, you know, I just felt if, if we'd have taken the attitude we had in those first two games into that game, we, we'd have had it, you know, we'd have won yeah. quite comfortably. And, you know... Benetton are a good side now. You know, you can't get away from that. They, they're a really yeah, good no side. Yeah, no disrespect to them. They, they're incredibly impressive at home. They yeah. are doing everything they can. And they rotate. You can see with the side, the selections they've made, first round, second round, third round, they are giving boys the opportunity and they're keeping their big names fresh. Because hmm. they they targeted their first game. Uh, was it Glasgow, I'm going to say? Yeah, and Glasgow, they did yeah. the job. They made something like eight, nine changes for Leinster because they knew they were up against it. And then they made a handful of changes because they wanted to win at home against us and credit to them, they did. Mm. And I think that they'll be, you know, I put them at about eighth in the table, something like that. If they keep winning their home games, you know, they may well be above eighth. So, you know, it's not easy going to... Uh, to Bennett and, and and when they're on their home turf, and you can see the, the the crowd is coming now, the crowd is involved in the game. It just feels competitive. You know, every week now in this league is competitive, and there isn't a take your foot off the gas game. You have to be flat out, full on every week, and if you're not, you're going to get found out. And I think we just got found out last week. I, I genuinely do. I just, I think we made, I think we missed Costello a lot. I really do. I think uh, as as much as, you know, Dan's a good, um, he can control. He's a good game. option. He's, yeah, he's a good kick mm. in 10. But then we kicked about 50% of our possession away in the first half and didn't recover any of it. I think there were five or six crossfield kicks that we didn't get anywhere close to, you know. And but that's that's more of a credit of the Benetton defence than it is the individual kicking. Because I, I didn't think we were far. I well, I didn't think the kicks were far out of position for where you would want your winger fullback to be trying to compete for it. But then, why are we kicking if? It felt like the call had been made that we're, you know, our tactic today is we're going for a crossfield kick. And 
you know, after the first two, you could see that they, their wingers were, were sitting deep and they were waiting for that crossfield kick. They were hanging out and, and they were... So we, if you can see that, why stick to that same tactic? Do you know what I mean? Go, let's, let's yeah, make something okay, up. Yeah. It, it's, no, well, it, it's not unknown that Benetton are one of the, the biggest and pretty close to the best kick inside in the league. So defensively, mm. in that aspect, they're going to be pretty good as well. Yeah. So we really need to really, you know, if it's not working for second, third try, you know, switch it up. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I'm surprised how quiet Patch was when he came on. It just didn't feel like he got into the game. He had a couple of nice touches, but he didn't feel like normally when he comes on, he really stamps his authority on the game and you can you can tell he's he's running it, you know, he's in control of the game. And he yeah. just blended into the background like you know he didn't it just felt like an off day for everybody you know we didn't yeah. see well, what that. i noticed with Patchell is when he's comes off the bench there's there's going to be two sides of him there's either going to be the, the fired up patch or the one essentially they say to make up the numbers and, and i know it's not a nice thing to say and i i've got no disrespect for the guy but you tend to find within his first three or four touches when he comes off the bench, he's either tried to, to punch a hole or he's made a you know a, a pretty impressive pass to try and put someone into space. Mm. And I think one of his first touches was an intercept. So mm. it, it kind of... I, I don't think he's a, a confidence player, mm. not at all, but it was just, just something there today. Well, not today, um, on the day. Yeah, that yeah. Just didn't click in for him. So... Where do they go from there then, mate? Where do they, you know, we got Cardiff on Saturday, you know, and I, I will be there. I will definitely be there this week. But with Cardiff Ooh. on Saturday, oh, yeah, I tell you, yeah. But with Cardiff being in that same kind of position, it feels like Cardiff are in a more desperate position than we are with all their off-field stuff and... You know, they, they haven't Even had if that you take the off-field stuff out of it, you mm. look at their performances and then you try and look at them in context. They won their first game against Munster. Mm. Dragons beat Munster. And then Munster hosted Zebra, you know, in Limerick. And they only managed three tries. That mm. That's more of a say against, you know, this Munster side is not performing. So a victory against them at this particular point in time isn't that impressive. Mm. Mm. But I think Cardiff have played well for the first half in all of their games so far. In in all of their games, they've it's been their first half performance. Um, so against Munster, they pretty much won that game in the first half. I forgot what they played second, but they should have won that. But they were um, they were level. Uh, no, they got stuffed in the uh, against Glasgow, wouldn't it? But at half time yeah. or ten minutes before that was it, they they got uh, a yellow card like five minutes before half time or whatever, and then conceded two tries before half time and another one after half time, and then uh, against the Lions again at half time they were in the game, you know. So I, I think it was a pivotal point the, the last few minutes before half time against the Lions when they conceded that penalty try that was the turning point in that game. Yeah, so they seem to play well for like, let's say, 35 minutes and then they switch off. So you look at the way that we've started 
our games. It's like we we don't bother for the first 10 minutes. You know, all three of our games, even the Ospreys, we weren't really on the park for the first 10 minutes, you know. And that kind of worries me for this Saturday. It's like traditionally, because I got a I traveling up from Pembrokeshire takes forever to get to. And it doesn't matter how early I leave, I always seem to just miss kickoff. I think <laughs> the the only time I have ever got to a game on time, and even when I was bringing my boy up for like half time stuff, when so we'd have to go in the barn early and so so I was fine with that, but I would be late getting to the barn. They'd say like be here for four, and we'd be there for four thirty or something stupid like that. Mm. And like the very first time I brought my boy to watch a game, and he was obsessed with I need a hat and a flag. So we had to go to the shop before the game and we watched kickoff <laughs> standing at the till with the, 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 the TV behind the till, buying him his sodden uh, hat and scarf and stuff. So I'm wondering if being 10 minutes late this Saturday might not be such a bad thing, to be honest. We <laughs> might just uh, miss the worst bit know, of the game. Yeah, yeah I, I just I do worry about that, that start. The way we've started the game so far, you know, we just if we do that against Cardiff and Cardiff's strength is the start of the game. If they put, you know, their their best players so far, you know, Falatau and Max Llewellyn, if they're both on the park, you know, Llewellyn running at inside centre, and our best inside centre is in the treatment room. And the second yeah. best. Yeah. It's so, you know, that kind of that bit worries me. But if we, I think if we can deal with that first 15, 20 minutes, Cardiff will just implode. That's just the way they do things. They just not. That's their fantasy zone. Mm. And I, I just hope that we've got, you know, if our front five stands up and, and lets our back three, uh, our, our back row kind of do what it needs to do. Yeah, no matter who we put in that back row, our, uh, the quality in our back row is at a level. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we put in it. We've only got three fit players. Well, there we go. So the side is selecting itself already. But well, we we got what Calamophony, um, uh, Lazana is Red. back now, isn't he? I'm not a hundred percent on Lazana. I haven't seen anything to confirm or deny that. Yeah, and then Blade. Yeah. That's, not, that's not a bad back row, you know, and um. You know, if Fafita's in there as well, that's another back row. You know, Sam, Sam Lousy, he could easily play six if he wanted to. Do you know what I mean? It's so we've got essentially a back five that can play a back row. It's whether or not we we've got a front row that will front it up. If, if, you know. It depends who gets selected more than anything, doesn't it? I mean, I'm. I'm in, and anticipating a front row of Wynn Jones, Ken Owens, and Sebastian again. Uh, well, not again, but for the first time against Cardiff. Mm. I was going to so say we do the same thing and really front up. Mm. I thought I thought Sheriff played all right when he came on. I thought he, he had a bit of oomph about him. He you could see he wanted to, you know, he wants to be back in time for Autumn Internationals. He wants to be, you know, that's his that's his spot. And he wants it. Um, I think it'll. Yeah, do without, without meaning any um, any sort of disrespect, he's he is an old man now. This mm. is last chance saloon for 
you know, international selections and the World Cup at the end of the season. So he really does want every set every second on that pitch to be worthy of something. Yeah. And that's why I think do you know what? If he sits out of the autumn internationals and he's he stays with us for match fitness through autumn internationals and then goes back for six nations, I think that would probably do him better. Because if he if he goes back now and he gets injured again, that's it. That's your that's your World Cup gone. You know, that's if you pick up a nasty injury now, you look at, you know, um Liam Williams at Cardiff, <laughs> you know, fifteen minutes, well done, congratulations, bang, falling on your shoulder, that's your World Cup gone, you know. So I just I, I get I, what you're saying entirely, but in, in regards to match fitness, if you go back a few years, I'd say yeah, probably 100%. But mm. now with us not having even the Anglo-Welsh games during these internationals, it is just a three-week block of no games. And mm. I, I don't see how that does anybody any good. One week, two weeks maybe, three weeks is, is, is a lot. Mm. I'm just, like you say, given... Is it what I don't want to do is put him back in and he gets injured. <laughs> just for, for for him, for us, for Wales. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah, but we, we can't look at it that way. The, the, this essentially is a business, and he is our best hooker out and out. If hmm. he's fit and if it's in his plan with the coaches, then he plays. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, he's not wrapping him into that anymore. No, I want him playing for us, not Wales. Just, just for the autumn, so that he's he's there and he's he's still rocking and ready to go for Six Nations. That's what I that's what I do with him. But you know, that's I I want him to come back and something needs to spark in the Scarlets that takes us from, you know, we 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 nearly beat Ospreys, should have beaten Ospreys, Ulster, we ran them close couple of decisions gone the other way and we should have beaten them. Benetton, all right, there were two key decisions in that that thing for that, that game for me, two TMO decisions that kind of really, really influenced that game. You know, we haven't even spoke about Combi as yellow card, which was oh, just ridiculous. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're not far away from having just won three games. Do you know what I mean? I know we've not won any of those three games, but all three of those games could have been wins. And I just think we just need to spark a little bit of something that takes us from, uh, we should have won that to, we won that and we won that handsomely. And then I think we'll kick on. I think we'll, you know, yeah. that play will open up. We'll we'll start throwing it out the back. We'll start kind of running the silly plays from behind our own line. And But you, do you know what I mean? Once, when that confidence yeah. is it, you've seen it with the Dragons. You know, you look at the confidence in the Dragons after one game, we had one decent win, and all of a sudden, you know, they think they they they're in line for the European Cup. That's that's what a win will do for you. You know, I, so, I think everything needs to be taken in perspective as well. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago we lost the first four games of the season and went on to win the entire thing. You know, so yeah. a draw and two losses and two tight losses at that. Mm. isn't the end of the world. I remember being at that third game um, and I was there with my... Yeah. Well, I wasn't, but I remember being surrounded by people going, 
right, that's it. He's he's had it. He's got to go. This is a pile of junk and this, that, and the other. And I'm a bit like, hang on a tick, because he took over from Easterby halfway through the season before or something, didn't he? And then we were three games into the season. And what I remember from back then is we were kind of throwing off loads that weren't quite sticking. They weren't quite finding the hands. And I remember looking at it and going, hang on, if we, if two out of those six offloads stick, you know, we've just won that game. It's that that was the difference. And then they started to stick. Then they started to go into hand. Then we, then the confidence built. And that's, that's where I think we kind of similar are now. It just needs that bit of a boost in confidence and we're off. We're, we're, we're running. But I think Cardiff, uh, I say, I think they're probably a bit more desperate than us at the minute in terms of... Desperation goes two ways, though, doesn't it? He either kicks you in the right way or kicks you in the wrong way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we said about Cardiff at the start of the season as well, where, you know, I just they, they've got, like, about 28 back row players and then nothing anywhere else, you know? It's like, it's how, how many open side flankers can you have in one squad uh, and even now they half of them are still injured so you know I don't think that they're firing anywhere near where they they thought they would be but yeah is it too close to I, I I'd say I'd say we probably got it this weekend I, I would yeah, again it depends I think if Costello's in the team and Gareth Davis, I, I'd say we got it. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive with uh, saying Gareth Davis will be in the team just because I don't know if anyone else noticed, but when McLeod got knocked out, the cameras panned to the sidelines and you could see Gareth Davis going to put a big bag of ice up on his, uh, up on his quad. So uh-huh. I, I don't know if he's, uh, he's going to be available or not. Ah, oh, no, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But then, you know, we've got strength in depth at, at night. I thought Hardy on, on Saturday was quite poor. In, yeah, in Hardy's a bench player for, for yeah. us, at least, I think. 100% every time he comes off the bench, he is pretty much on top form starting. Mm. He just, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't do it for us. No. And whereas Dane Blacker is pretty much... Every time he come, he just seems to be in the right place for scoring tries. You know, pretty much every game. I know he didn't on Saturday, but he is, you know, in the right place for scoring tries when he comes on. Yeah. So we spoke about it a few weeks ago that he was the the top try scorer, uh, our top try scorer last season. I think I think you said yeah. he was. Yeah, and he's not far behind Hardy or Garth Davis. He really is nipping at their heels. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be good to see him up against Thomas Williams, actually. And actually, I I reckon, you know, Thomas Williams, for all of the, you know, he's got most of the Cardiff press in his back pocket, but he's having a shocker of a season already. He's he's dropping balls, he's kicking poorly. You know, his confidence has been rocked somewhere and it's not working for him, whereas Dane Blacker, you know, probably could 
give him a real proper shock on Saturday. I reckon so, and I, I'd like to see him do it because he's quick. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is with Thomas Williams. It, it seems to have been for a long while now. If he plays at a hundred percent, he is probably the number one, number nine in Wales. But mm. I don't think we've seen him get over 70, 80% for well over a year. Mm. And I think that's the problem. We I think it's a problem in in Parker Scarlet and I think in, in the Welsh camp as well is is selecting players on two yeah. seasons ago through you know, we yeah, we're not selecting on form, we're selecting on I think that they're probably gonna do a decent job. But I don't know. I mean- I do get that you look at the last tour or last campaign, whatever it was, and go, okay, they they were our, our starting 15, so they are going to be in the squad. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be in this 15. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I tell you what I was pleased with um, was Halfpenny, you know, coming back and actually surviving. How long did he... He, he did the first half. I think he went off halfway through the second half, I think, or start of the second half. And, you know, that was a relief to see him substituted. Yeah, and, and not being uh, taken off on a on a stretcher or something. And I, 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 I was quite surprised to see Halfpenny's name in the starting lineup. mind. I, I, I thought that when, you know, when I read the news, Halfpenny's back, I thought he was going to be on the bench. I mm. did not expect him to have a, a good hour on the pitch. Mm. Well... And this is the bit that I think will will really crucify Cardiff on on Saturday. You look at how many penalties they give away, particularly yeah. in the first half, and then you go, "Well, we'll just leave the tee on the pitch. Give it five minutes. We're going to need it because half penny's going to slot it from somewhere." So, I think that may well be um, how we survive that first half. I think if we're in that game at half time. We will put Cardiff to bed in the second half. Quite confident. Yeah, I, I, I'm fully confident of a win against Cardiff, but saying that, I've been fully confident of a win in every game so far. <laughs> exactly. So, what, what do I know? Look where it's got us. Yeah. Another point from uh, this game, and I know we mentioned it, and it was a really big game for Steph Evans. And I, I, I thought that for who he is and the player that we see now he had a decent game but there was about three i think i think it was three opportunities where i thought if we had rogers combier or mcnichol on that ball we would either have been in for a try or a try scoring opportunity yeah i think there was one early in the first half he took the ball on the 15 and there was plenty of space outside there mm. was another one i think around the hour mark where he was basically chase, chasing the ball towards their try line, yeah, and yeah. He, he was just done for pace. Yeah. And then the last one was it was it was the lead up to Johnny Williams' try. It was the the kick and chase that uh, mm. led to the line out that led to his try. And I was thinking, where he took our ball, if it was any of the other three, they would have put their foot down and they would have beaten and the man. Gone. I'm not saying there would have been a try from any of them. I'm saying there would have been a more clear-cut try-scoring opportunity. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a winger, he's more of a get involved, make the space, you know, the jinx, the sidesteps, the, you know, he's more of that kind of a winger than he is an out-and-out pace kind of a blitz. 
And yeah, you stick in and around the ruck. The little, the 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 one-two passes he he does yeah. with uh, with Gareth Davis or Hardy or whoever it is, it mm. does beat players in in that close proximity. Yeah, but then, like you say, once you've broken that line, you need to be able to finish it. And yeah, I think he's probably another one that you look at and go, you know, probably two seasons ago, three seasons ago, yeah, he probably would have finished it. And he, he would have had that pace. Maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the hair that's holding him back because he's growing a bloody mullet again. Did you see his haircut? He's, he's no, gone... I, I didn't pay much attention to it. Oh, for crying out loud, he's gone back to the mullet. And you think, you know, there was so much hope at one point. And then, you know, you can only blame COVID for so many things with the haircuts. And, you know, you've got free reign. You've got a whole town full of people to go and cut your hair, and that's what you choose. Come on, fella, sort it out, you know? But, yeah, crazy, mate, crazy. So so what is your prediction then for, for this weekend? Let's put some numbers on the table, and what's your... Numbers what's your, on the table. Yeah. Going to be a win. Give me hmm. a... I'm just trying to work out in my head how, how it's going to go down. So I mean, half penny's going to be on the pitch. There's going to be a fair few penalties going over. So yeah, at least I'll twelve go... points from half penny. Yeah, I'm going to go thirty-seven twenty-four in our Oof. favor. Bonus point win. Oh, What's definitely, it, Kevin. Yeah, definitely. What's yeah. these three penalties? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm going to go thirty twenty set thirty twenty. Five. There we go. Thirty twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be a bit closer, but I think I think I'll be moaning about the TMO again. I think it's just the standard of of refereeing and TMOs so far this year has been poor, and I'm just fully anticipating another weekend of going ah oh, for crying out loud. You know, my my pause and rewind button. At the minute, ah, <laughs> oh, gee, where's man? It's it's like being seventeen again and and discovering. You porn can't up. see the pictures on the remote anymore. Can I? They've rubbed off. <laughs> but you know what I mean. When you look at, you just look at some of those decisions, and then it just makes it worse when you rewind it and you, and, it, and it's so clear cut and so obvious. But yeah, that's that's my fear for for this weekend is that we're going to be in that same boat again, and. And we're not going to take that game into our own control. I think if we take that game into our own control, we're closer to your score than mine. And I think if we if we allow them too much of the game, we'll end up relying on referee decisions and and this that and the other. And it, so far this season, just nothing has gone for us. When it goes to TMO or referee, it's just not going our way. And I can't see it changing against Cardiff unless we take it, you know, unless we dominate up front, we don't give them the ball and we do all the all the all the basics really, really well. So that's we that's put the where... referee on the sideline, he is not a part of the equation. Yeah, and I think that's the way we've got to play it. We've got to you know, we, we've got enough players in that squad to do that quite comfortably. So, yeah, so that's that's my prediction for the weekend. Uh, I'm going to 30-25. So, so what I'm going to do, okay, what I'm going to do 
is uh, is I'm, I'm going to start keeping a track of our predictions because I didn't think we'd get this fast of making predictions. I'll be honest with you. And when we get to do like um, we'll come to doing the the local predictions in a minute, so I, I'm going to give us an idea next week of a head to head as who's better at predicting stuff, um, and, and yeah, and just see where we are. And then uh, hopefully at some point one of us will go, oh yeah, we're really really good at predicting this. But yeah, that's 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 my next bit for next week. So before we move on to um, the the local games, there's there's a couple of bits that that I want to cover off. So first of all, like I said, I'm going to be there for the game on the weekend. Yeah. So are you are you going to be there as well? Are you going to be up there? But he's meant to be mascot. If I'm not there, someone's going to be disappointed. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can. I can it wouldn't see. be him. I'd be the one that's disappointed. I, I'm. I'm making that clear right now. Yeah, it, it's it's not for him. <laughs> Stand there. The, the referee's blowing the whistle. Stand in the middle and just wait for the ball. Just stand there and run with it. Um, yeah, what I thought we could do was is maybe we'll put something out on uh, on our Facebook page and maybe we'll try and capture a, a couple of people before the game and a couple of people after the game. And instead of having like three word reactions, we'll actually get, you know, we'll try and record a few people up there and, and what have you. So, Are they a prediction for the game, is it? Yeah, and just kind of how are they feeling? They might go down the the pie queue at half time and get a couple of reactions as to how people are feeling and and what have you. Just to kind of, you know, I think it's a good. It gives people a sense of what it's like to go to a game, you know. Yeah, and, if, if you go to the queue at half time, you you are gonna miss the second half, but it's oh, worth it. I I went to the queue at half time once, and I was stood at the back of one queue. And as I turned round, they were I was literally stood next to the queue, the queue for going the other way. It was me and this guy going like, well, which queue are we in? Like, you know, but yeah, so I, I, I we might do that um, uh, for this weekend and, and see who we can get. So the other bit was uh, you, you saying this off air about the, the Lethley RGC game last weekend. And I, yeah. I looked at that, that team list. I was like a full scarlet side there. That's ridiculous. And they lost. It was. I think I think you, I did say it to you. It was 13 scarlets in that 23. And yeah. this bit is even more imp- important when we, when we talk in a second. Seven of those were starting forwards. Yeah. I think it was only the Leslie captain who, uh, the second row, wasn't it? Who wasn't yeah. actually um, a Scarlet. Contracted as Scarlet in some way or form, in it? Yeah. But, yeah, I was expecting them to give RGC. I mean, don't get me wrong. The idea of getting non-playing squad members to play for, you know, uh, whether it's Scarlet or Kamal and Quinns or Slandovery or whoever, you know, fully on board with that. And it's it's not like, you can't say, if you're putting like two or three boys into a side, you can't say, oh, they don't know the system or they don't know, the, you know, they don't know the team or they haven't trained or whatever. There's seven forwards there that train 
as professionals with the Scarlets every week. Yeah, that was it was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, it's a good job we didn't do three weird reaction after that, really, wouldn't it? They would have been. I, I think people would have been more annoyed that they put the Scarlet Spies in there. I'm like, why are they here? You yeah. just took a thumping. And I, I don't understand. You know, I, I, I say I get the idea of putting them on on a pitch and keeping them playing. I, you know, I'm totally on board with that. Um, and and I saw a lot of young boys, a lot of academy, like senior academy, or just just out of academy boys playing. Yeah, so, the back row was uh, Shenton, Giannini and Ben Williams. So yeah. they are either final transition academy yeah. or, you know, first pro contract. And wasn't Caleb Salmon on the bench as well? Yeah, he was on the yeah, bench. I think, was can... he coming rock or back row? Do you know? He's both. He, he covers both. He's kind he's, of a four, five, six. He's a hybrid, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he is now that he's... he's Got a decent haircut anyway. So, yeah. So, I think I've only ever seen him once, and that was literally more or less the day after I, I saw his first sign in. <laughs> Where he had the mop. Yeah. Well, the big mass of blonde just flopping everywhere. It was brilliant, mate, because I used to coach him at um, County when he was at Pembrokeshire County. And it was. He's like one of those shaggy dogs because he used to have it down over his eyes. So everybody else was taping their, their heads up to kind of like keep their ears tight so you don't get cauliflower ears. And he's taping his head up to keep his hair in place. <laughs> keep keep his hair out of his eyes. So, no, he's a brilliant player. And that's what I don't understand. You know, there's, there's the quality of players there, Shenton, Giannini, you know, Caleb, if they were really good players, these are top class good players how you know no disrespect to RGC RGC you know there's a couple of boys in RGC are ex-Scarlets as well um Rodri King is um you know he's a Scarlet boy so you know and he's Wales under 20 as well so it weren't that long ago Bradley Roberts was knocking it up at RGC as well so they do pick him up yeah and that's what I just kind of you know yeah they're a decent side but Come on, boys! That should have been, that should have been put to bed at half time. That should have been a run out for the second half. That should have been a bloody training session in the second half, shouldn't it? But and then when you look, when you look at the match report as well, and you find out that e- e- even Clinically's own match report says, "Yeah, we got mullet up front." They, they, there's no no optimism whatsoever. You know, we went out on scrum ball, but other than that, we got. I, I can't say it because it, 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 it from the side. Yeah, no, it's uh, you're right, mate. It was, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It might just be a blip. It might be one of those. They might have, you know, it might be one of those learning games where actually they just thought we got this wrapped up. This is too easy, and that switch on wasn't there. And you know, there are no uncompetitive games anymore. No matter where you go or what you do, every single game you play is competitive. So, you know, it's um yeah. That, that it's, could have been one of the things for RGC thinking we're basically playing Scarlet's A today. Let's do them. Yeah, let's give them welly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, you know, we'll when those those boys that are coming through 
let's hope that they've learned from it. And uh, yeah, there's nothing gives you a bit of a, every now and again, you need a foot up the jacksy just to keep you sharp. And you, you just need a little bit of something. So cool. Okie cokey. Right. Let's have a look at local games and Pembrokeshire games. So uh, we did the, we did the, the rundown again on Saturday night. Um, you could tell I wasn't. Uh, yeah, you, you did the rundown. I'm not taking any credit for that. That's 100% new. I'm, I'm saying this and I, I haven't actually listened to one. I'm really sorry. I haven't listened to any before rundowns. So if it's brilliant, it's brilliant for you. If not, I'm saving myself. If you, if you sneeze, you miss it because I literally just go. You know, blah 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 blah. Three minutes and we're done. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I could do it in the advert for Coronation Street or something, but there we go. So, um, yeah, the the the, the fixture that stood out for me that we spoke about last week as well, Narbeth and Neath. Oh yeah, Narbeth were winning at half time, mate. You know, and Neath came back and and took it in the second half, but. They were winning at half time and they I think they're seventh, sixth or seventh in the table. Two yeah, wins, two losses. Yeah, but you you look at you know the quality of teams above them and they they're either competing with or have beaten some of those teams above them. So you know, when I say there's no uh, uncompetitive games, that's absolutely you know, that league is really, really competitive now. You know, it is, there is no easy game in that league for anyone. So I think they're doing really, really well. It was, um, at some I, point. I was fired up for Narbeth last week. I really was. And I, I think it, it was my emotions that controlled them for the first 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, fingers crossed. You know, there's a, that level of constant improvement. So, um, I, I may even get to watch a home game with Narberth at some point. If I could get into a bloody car park there, life would be a lot easier. If they had a car park, it's you could really, do... yeah. oh, it's 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 one. Of, it's my... Come on. The the bit that annoys me with the car with them um, Narberth car park is, you know, Narberth's a small little village. Really, the amount of agricultural land flat. And when I say flat, I mean proper, proper flat agricultural land around the outside. And you go, you know, it's you could quite easily move the ground, you know, 500 yards that way. And you've got a choice of selection of, of fields to go on. You could have car parks, you could have this, that and the other. And I know it's a massive expense and they've just had three pitches basically relayed flat drainage, the whole shimonky, you know, massive investment. Just nowhere to park the bloody car. But Maybe they should have done the two pitches and made a proper car park. Yeah, there is that. So they could, I mean, they do use Bloomfield House at the top, but to get from Bloomfield House, so they've got car parking in Bloomfield House, but to get from there down onto the pitch, you, you need your waders on. On At this time of year, you need your waders on because it is like a quagmire going through there. But you never know. You never know. If, well, if fundraising for Narbeth Car Park. That's our first, <laughs> yeah. first list on the agenda. Our first big campaign, get proper car park for Narbeth. But no, I think from a rugby point of view, I thought, you know, the reports that I've seen, you know, the forwards are fronting up, the backs are fast, they fit. 
they you know they're aggressive um results are showing i know yeah. it's still early days only four games in but yeah. all four impressive performances yeah yeah absolutely and the other game that impressed me was um Krimach. i and i know it was a draw but you know there's no backward steps being taken this year at, at Krimach either so you know um and again this kind of they they close to the top of the table not absolutely top of the table but I would not be surprised at all to see them further up come the end of the season you know I think that they I know when you play at home in Krimach if you're going to play in Krimach it's like playing in like some kind of um alternate universe sometimes where they just doesn't seem to the, the weather systems in Krimak just do not match what the rest <laughs> of the planet is doing so they've, they've always got that on their side but um yeah I mean fair play to them to to be where they've been the results they put in this year and by all accounts they were unlucky not to win on Saturday so you know yeah fingers crossed could be a could be a big one for the rest of the season to to watch on those ones. So yeah, is there anything that you picked up from the weekend? Stato, come oh. on, Stato. <laughs> He's got his list somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, here is. Can you see it? Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd have it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got pages and pages and pages. They're mostly blank, but you know. <laughs> No, I, I, there's, there's two results I want I want to pick up from the weekend, mm. and it's both wins, Langham and St David's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's awesome. The, yeah. you know, like we've talked about the issues that Langham have got, and not only have they put out a side, but they've had a pretty comprehensive win, which is you know just, yeah. just well done. Round of applause all round. That's absolutely amazing. And then um, we've talked a lot about St David's. You know. What fancy we gotta get fancy dress teams, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But they've gone away from home and they've they've basically they've done Santa Bud are over. Yeah. Yeah. I've and, just got a smile on my face we talking about it and yeah, it's <laughs> it's awesome. Well, they are two of the smallest clubs in Welsh rugby in terms of the, the you know, the place that they're in and you know the 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 area around them. You know, if if you don't know where the Langham pitch is, you are not finding it by accident. You know, it's 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 not an obvious kind of a place. It's and it you know, it's a tiny little village where you drive through and you go, Oh, that was Langham. Oh, right, oh I'll turn around and go back, you know. It's and then you miss it again. Yeah. And you know, I saw their social media over the weekend and fair play to them. You know, make hay while the sun shines, guys. You know, you that was you could just feel the the joy for their man St. David's. And both clubs have got they've got people in them that really care about the club. And you can tell that, yeah, you know, there's there's lots of things that they're trying. They're trying to bring people into the club, into the clubhouse. They're using the clubhouse as, you know, a, a hub for the, the village. And, you know, you just got to say crack on, boys, because it's, you know, I'm delighted for both of them. But when we come to do this week's fixtures, we are going to be torn because 
St. David's are playing Langham. So, uh, well, you know, that's that's going to be a, a, a crazy... I'll see if I can get it close enough. Yeah, go on then. It's the very last fixture on my list. I've got my predictions. Yeah. And if you see right by there, yeah. where my finger is, I've got abstain because I'm not picking <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair play, fair play. That's the one yeah, to I sit on the fence. One, but I'm, I'm going to abstain for the official records. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I, I do mine with a little. So I got mine on a spreadsheet and I'll like highlight who I think is going to win. And and I was doing it this afternoon, and I was going oh, Saint David's, oh, no Langham, no Saint David, oh no, oh oh, oh draw. <laughs> I, I think we've got to make a point. Obviously, not this weekend. It's a bit short notice, but we have got to make a point of getting to a Saint David's Langham match at some point, either this season or next season, and just yeah, get definitely. some light your feeds going. Yeah. Got to be done, hasn't it? Got to be done. Right, let's go down the list then. Let's go down the list. So let's start with Narbeth at home to Berai. Nice and easy. Narbeth going to win that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 well, I knew a lot of the Berai youth boys back in the day, being from you know the area myself. My, uh, my cousin's house actually the back door opens up onto the pitch, which was brilliant at the time. <laughs> used to go down there on a Saturday and we could just, you know, have, have a few pints in the uh, back garden and then uh, yeah. open the door, games on. It was awesome. But no, they, <laughs> they've had uh, a, a pretty poor start to the season themselves and they lost the Bedwars at home last week. You know, mm. we've done all the Bedwars. They come into our park. We're winning yeah. that one. Yeah, I've got them for a win as well this weekend. Uh, Aberystwyth away in Vellinvoil. I have been torn with this one. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at you know Division One West, and I'm seeing six teams that have have got the really they're in prime position to mm. make a so, run of it. Yeah, it's and, close. Yeah, it's close. and Aberystwyth are one of them, but just because this is a Pembrokeshire podcast, and they they technically within our remit, I'm going Aberystwyth. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I was in the same place. I could have gone either way on that one, and I, I, I went well. Yeah, we're, we're going to back Aberystwyth just because um, they've liked quite a lot of our stuff, and I, I, I quite fancy. I, I had when I was way well, back when I was bizarre, playing. <laughs> no, way, way back when I was playing. Um, our we played Aberystwyth as the last game before our last away game before Christmas. Um, two years on the bounce, and both times I got um, kicked out and banned from the nightclub in Aberystwyth on, on both of those. It was, I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. But Yeah, um... but you were 36 at the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. No, I, I, I got a soft spot for Aberystwyth purely for that reason. So, yeah. So, Krimacher yeah. away in Gowerton. Who uh, who are Again, you calling? This is another you know top of the table clash, two undefeated yep. sides, but uh, you know, Pembrokeshire, Crimmer all the way. Yeah, well, I think Gowerton are top at the minute, aren't they? But I think, like yeah, you say, it's so close. Um, yeah, I think Crimmer may just nick that and. Again, when I was playing, I played in Gowerton, didn't get kicked out anywhere there, and it is a nice flat open pitch. Um, I think that'll suit Krummock. I think that'll suit the way that they play in this year. They've got some real quick backs. 
really, really quick backs. And if they can put them on a nice wide park and just go right, go enjoy yourselves, boys. Um, I think they might just nick it. So, uh, Pembroke at home to Penclough. Well, this is the battle of the winless sides. Mm. But you've got you to take Penclough's losses in a bit of perspective because they haven't had any big losses and they've come against Berlinvall, Aberystwyth and Gowerton. Three, you know, three of the teams pushing for the title. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say Pencloud. Yeah, um, me too. And as much as I really don't want to, I mean, Pembroke are on my list of people to interview. Um, so, Geraint from, from Pembroke. Um, I don't think he'd really want to be interviewed at the minute because... You know, I know the boys there are working hard and I know that they're putting the effort in, but it will come. But same as you, I don't think it's going to come against Pencloud. I think they're going to start picking up wins at the end of the season when people are like got nothing to play for. Um, and I think it's going to take a while for them to re-establish themselves at that level. So, yeah, unfortunately, I've gone for Pencloud. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong on that one, but oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Whitland away in Hendy. Again, this is this is another quite difficult one, but I, I'm just gonna say on the basis of what we've seen out of Whitland this year, it's it's gonna be a Hendy win. Yeah, I've got to say, although they're quite close in in the league, um, but yeah, I just think home advantage, Hendy, yeah. It it could go either way, but home advantages I think is what will what will do the job there. Yeah, Fishguard at home to Nankaredic. Fishguard. Yeah, see, I've gone the it's... other way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Sue should kill me. He would. He'd, he'd he'd be giving me a right jabbing in the eye. But I, I think Nankaredic are, are flying at the minute, and. I think it genuinely depends on the weather. When you're playing in Fishguard, if if the weather's on your side for half the game, you you know you can beat anyone there. But I just think Nankaredic are, are, are doing well at the minute, and I think that they're quite likely to to win the league. So, yeah. I had some logic in you somewhere with my stats, so I'm looking at the results from the last few weeks, and I can't think where I've picked it up from. <laughs> well, Fishcat have had a, a good couple of wins on the bounce. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah. I think the only loss they've had is uh, uh, Pontadlai's first weekend, and they're looking good. Yeah. Well, they're looking like the, the the potential top contenders at the minute. When, when I played against Pontadlai's, right, this, this is how long ago when I, I was playing, we beat Pontadlai's 105 nil. At home, when I was playing against them, that's, that's how long ago I was playing against Ponta Delights. But yeah, there'll be there'll be some boys listening to this, and I know that those boys are listening to this, going, "Oh God, yeah!" And they had the, they had the bus driver on the wing, and he didn't even have a pair of boots. He had to play in his shoes because nobody had a, a spare pair of boots for him. That's that's that was a long time ago. Um, so. Ten beer away at Kidwelly. What's your call there, mate? It's a Pembrokeshire podcast. We yeah. gotta go with Ten B. It's, yeah. it's, it was Ten B versus Mumbles in week one. It's 
it's Kaelin Park versus Carmarthen Bay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they um, they they're going well. They're going strong. They got a good team this year. Um, yeah, I I, I backed MB. Yeah. They've got some logic for this one as well. Logic. MB. MB mm. beat Mumbles. Mumbles beat Kidwelly. Tembi will beat Kidwelly. It's going to go that way. That's that's as far as it. Well, okay. <laughs> Italy beat Wales. Wales beat South Africa. Therefore, Italy are world number one. <laughs> there was games either side. Come on. You've got to use the follow-on games. <laughs> so, um, Milford at home to Ponte de uh, I've gone for Ponte de Again, just because of what we were yeah. just talking about. They are pretty hot this season, aren't they? And I, Milford... I wanted to say Milford. I really did. But yeah. you just look at it and you go, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think they, they you know, Milford have struggled a bit this year in terms of consistency, but it's still early in the season. So, you know, fingers crossed it'll come. Um, who have we got next? Aberaeron at home to Cardigan. I, I'm going Aberaeron. I, I went for Haverford West against them last week and I was wrong. So, I'm picking you. Yeah, and this is as close as it comes to a um, a local derby, I think, for Aberaeron because the the choices are, yeah, it's Cardigan or Aberystwyth. You know, those those are your those are your, your local derbies. But yeah, and particularly playing at home, I think Aberaeron. Cardigan is struggling at the minute, so I, yeah, I've gone Aberaeron as well. Um, Lan at home against Annabella. Lana are having a cracking season. They are. They're, they're another one of those sides that just it's a tiny little place. It's not a big, massive, you know, town with hundreds of hundreds of people milling around. It's a tiny little place. And and they they've put a real good run of games together so far this year, Lana. So yeah, I've I've gone Lana to beat Santa Brother. I think I think they'll they'll pull that one off quite comfortably. I do. I've I i have got a small confession to make. You haven't I got forgot, it, have you? I, I forgot, Lan. <laughs> oh, right. Well, when I come that's, to doing the school... I know they beat Cardigan last week, so I'm, I'm sticking with them. Oh, so you pulled that one out of the bag because you were you were going to automatically forfeit a point to me on that one. That. But, um, so a proper local derby now, then um, Nayland at home to Haverford West. Both struggling. Like, you can't, <laughs> can't say they're not. But mm. I, I I think Haverford West, they've, they've, they've got to pick up our form from last season somewhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that on the third time of picking them, they will, mm. well, fourth time, I think, now actually. Fourth time. <laughs> fourth time's a charm. I, I reckon there's going to be about six yellow cards. The referees go yeah. home in a taxi. Yeah, I just it's it's always one of those games where I think Nayland at home. Uh, I'm going to put Nayland to win in probably the dirtiest game of the season so far. I think there's an ambulance on standby for each half because it's it's just the way it is. It's just the way they're going to go through sixty either. players on Saturday then. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, It'll be a, a tight, close, 
um, abusive game. <laughs> it's just, it'll be brutal. But it's not one for the, you know, you're not going to win any that. fans of, of throwing the ball around and all of that. It's This is a tight, nasty, nasty game. But yeah, I've tipped Nayland to come out on top on that one just because they're at home. So um, you tip Nayland just so it's the opposite to me. Right? That's, that's well, yeah, I've got to pick a point somewhere. I've got to pick a point somewhere. Um, so next we got the Quins, Pembroke Dock Quins at home to Lampeter. So uh, I've gone for the Quins there just because because they're the Quins and they're at home. So. Yeah, yeah, same board, yeah, same board. Yeah. And then, then we've got our nightmare game, you know, St. David's at home to Langham. So first things first, as always, when discussing St. David's games, you know, we need to see the fancy dress, you know. It is officially... I've got one, and I think it's going to be very practical because mm-hmm. time of year, you know, the heavens are opening. Let's go Mexican, big sombreros. Ooh, yes, yeah, because Langham is full of them at this time of year. There's there's a whole sombrero shop down by the river. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's um, I think it's going to be a cracking game. I don't actually know what the change colour is because they're both. Well, officially, Saint David's have always been gold and black, and Langham have always been black and yellow so uh, you know i don't know what the langham change kit is i don't know if they're just so if they, if they go skins <laughs> if we're like the the old days. oh yeah so yeah so um uh maybe saint david's playing skins <laughs> just just like the old days ah, they're turning their shirts inside out that's what they do yeah i i've, I've played against the side that did that once as well <laughs> yeah, everyone has. I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you play thing. for long enough in any sport. Yeah, I've gone for St. David's just because it's home, and I think St. David's are playing the better rugby. But I would, yeah. I'd love to see that game. I would love, yes, you like, like I've said, I, I officially abstain, but uh, St. David's has got my little comma next to it. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, yeah. Hopefully. So I have got a little bit of a match report from St. David's for last weekend. That was something, but well, it was something like, I think. You were talking about St. David's earlier. Wait, wait, we did. <laughs> no, it, it literally went, it was a really good game. So... <laughs> you just so, got me really excited. I know, mate. I know. you did that. But. <sighs> There we go. So, uh, so the last league game then is St Clair's away to Tregaron. Again, I, I think St Clair's are playing really well this year. Tregaron is struggling, yeah. so you know that's an easy one to call for St Clair's. And yeah. now the game I, that I, I did, yeah, uh, I, I done a little league rundown, you know, back in August. Yeah, like obviously it's not on um, any any of these podcasts. It's a little bit too early for that. But I, I put uh, St Clair's. To basically be the number one, and uh, mm. I, I did put a certain other team from uh, Haverford from Haverford West. To, um, <laughs> How's that going for you, mate? <laughs> it's based on statistics. It should have worked, uh, <laughs> and hasn't. Okay, so um, 
the other fixtures to to go through so i don't know if you've got this in your stato book okay so um county under 15s play their first game of the season on friday night um it's home against cardiganshire uh, or keradigion sorry um down in hayward lane in tembe so it's on our facebook page so all the details are on there um they got a really snazzy team kind of announcer thing um you know in in the olden days you'd have a piece of paper and you'd stick it on the wall wouldn't you they've got this little yeah. triangle thing with like the line going round and go whoosh, 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 like there's a like really proper stuff so um yeah that's that's friday night um down at Haywood Lane. So I've obviously gone for a thumping win for Pembrokeshire um, on Friday. I think they, the boys are absolutely going to stuff them. And, and, you know, if any of those boys are listening, you know, just go and enjoy it, boys, because that shirt, when you put that shirt on, it means something. It means a lot to you. There'll be a lot of people watching that game who are not associated with anybody on the pitch. They're just associated with the shirt. Um, and at some point in the future, a lot of you boys play in on Friday night. You'll have that same thing. You'll you'll see that the county under 15s are playing and you'll go, do you know what? I'm just going to go and and because you know what it means to those boys on the park. So, yeah, fingers crossed for them for, for this week. I'm uh, I'm on I'm on the Facebook page now. I'm having a look at that, and there's that, that little neon triangle going around and around. This it's, uh, it's, it's weird, isn't controlling. it? It's it's I'm I'm looking at the twenty-three. So mm. you know the 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 loose head prop. His name is Crows. So <laughs> you know what? Uh, he, he's scoring a handful of tries on the weekend. Andrew Meek does as well. <laughs> So the only other fixture um, to look at, and I keep missing this fixture, and I I, I, I promised Aled that I would make sure that I got it in there, is the um, college fixture. Now, it's weird because it's, it's difficult because we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Um, and so they played today. Um, the other result? Yeah. I mean, they they lost 61-7. Um, uh, away at Usco Grant have. And I know they're having a tough season. You know, I know they're having a, a, a really tough season. It's a track, really, when you're a young kid. Yeah, and everywhere is. And, and you know, and they're up against it in terms of facilities and yeah, all of that stuff. But, but, you know, again, there'll be a couple of a couple of, uh, of guys from the college listening. You know, stick with it, guys, because it'll come. It, it will come, and when it does, you look back on these and you'll go, do you know what, look look how far we've come because we used to get pasted 61-7, and at some point those victories will start to come, so keep going with it. So um, the game next week is at home, so that's usually in Narberth, and, and this is why it's difficult doing it on a Wednesday night, so I haven't got details of where it is, but they're playing Colin Gwent, uh, so a lot of the Newport Academy boys um, yeah. would be there. So, so if you get but, the chance, you know. On a side note, let's not talk about the fixture. If any of you boys are listening, drop us a dime, and uh, if you fancy an interview or coming on the show, more than welcome. 
Yeah, I say next Wednesday, depending on what excuse I can spin with a wife, I might be able to uh, to nip out. I say it's usually in Narbeth, Um So fingers crossed, you know, it'll come at some point, guys. It'll come at some point. Stick with it. Say it's for work. You can go. I work from home. <laughs> that's not that's not gonna cut the mustard. <laughs> so you've got a second home. <laughs> yeah. And I think that'll be worse, right? I think that'll be worse. Right, my friend, we are done once again. We have come to the end of another podcast. So um pleasure as always. I will probably catch up with yeah. you at some point at the park on Saturday. I think that's definitely. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I'll be honest, we've gone through this in decent amount of time for us, and yeah. we haven't covered a lot of the things that we listed down either. No, I know, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a good game on Saturday. So hopefully, if we can have a catch up before and or after, uh, we might even record. Yeah, you can look after my kids during the game. That sounds good. <laughs> we we might record the staff to next week's program. On Saturday after the game, and we'll go from there. So no, what we'll do, we'll you you have your phone at the ready all the time, and when Sostman Vach starts ringing out, you get it on record. Oh yeah, gotta be yeah yeah absolutely. We'll do that. We'll we'll have that one in there. All the best, my friend. I shall see you on Saturday, and then we'll have another catch up next week. All the best, and to you, mate. Cool. See you then. You have been listening to the Westerer is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Bestera. Cheers. Podcast Network.